everyone. Before we get to this week's episode of Between Two Mics, I want to tell you about another show I think you're going to love. And it's recorded right here on Squadcast. My name is Ami Tucker, and I'm the host of Tuckered Out with Ami Tucker, where I interview South Asian trailblazers all over the world. We talk about growing up brown, personal and professional journeys, and all those topics we shied away from growing up in our communities. And we laugh a lot. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. All right, now let's get to this week's episode of Between Two Mics. Welcome to Between Two Mics, the podcast that brings you remote recording resources from Squadcast.fm. I'm Rock Felder, co-founder and CFO of Squadcast. And I'm Zach Moreno, co-founder and CEO. On Between Two Mics, we bring you interviews with podcasters, experts in the field of remote recording, we discuss current events in podcasting, and so much more. Twice a month, you'll hear a Founders episode. That's just the two of us chatting about all things remote recording. Updates to Squadcast, what we're up to, and what we're listening to. The other two weeks of the month, we'll bring you interview episodes. Zach and I will sit down with experts in the podcast space to discuss their companies, their podcasts, their thoughts on podcasting, creating content, and more. The most exciting part? We're recording all of this on Squadcast, the best place to record remote audio and video interviews in studio quality. So let's get between two mics. Hello, listener. Rock here. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Between Two Mics. This is a series we're calling Squad Stories. So while Zach is away, we thought it'd be fun to bring you interviews with the rest of the Squadcast team. But as always, we want to hear your squad story. So please head over to squadcast.fm slash share to submit a squad shot, an audio clip, or really anything. We just want to amplify you on all of our social channels. So for this episode, we talked to Kim Reyes. Kim is the marketing manager here at Squadcast. And on this interview, Kim and I talk about her experience as a marketer and journalist, what it's like to be the marketing lead at Squadcast, as well as her passion for serving indie creators. And we touch on a little bit of other things that make Kim Kim, like her passion for cooking and traveling. So we unpack all of that stuff. So we hope you enjoy. And thanks as always for listening. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited too. Thank you for being uh, willing to do this uh, squad stories experiment with us. I think it's going to be pretty fun and we love to highlight the work that, you know, all of our team members are doing and how it's going to benefit podcasters and content creators. And uh, besides being a, a marketer, Kim, because you're the marketing manager at at Squadcast, but you have a, a very impressive marketing background, uh, background in journalism as well. So besides you know, what you do, the normal stuff people talk about when who they are, but besides all the work stuff, like who, who's Kim? Kim is someone who loves living in San Francisco, been a resident for eight years and still going strong. Love all the urban parks in the area. So I'm a big outdoor girl. I won't necessarily label it as hikes, but I just like being outside. I Mountains, trees. Yeah. I think sometimes people misconstrue the hike thing and they're like, okay, let's go backpacking. And I'm like, that's not it. I just like walking around <laughs> outside. Uh, so yeah, mountains, beach, trees, all of it, desert during certain times of the year. And other than that, I'm a dog mom. 
So I've got a cute little five-year-old Pomeranian Papillon that I adopted a little over three years ago. I'm also into food, so I love eating food. I guess I will cook for people if I have like an audience. I live alone, so when I cook, it's kind of like I just I'm like, oh, this is good. I'll eat it. Um, but if I have people to cook for, I'm definitely going to show up a little bit more for them as opposed to myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was actually one of the things we first talked about getting to know you was, uh, you, you, uh, are somewhat of a burger aficionado, correct? Yeah. I love burgers. I love sushi. Yeah. There's really no food that I don't like except for olives. Not don't like olives. Interesting. I don't like olives. Yeah. All right. Well, I know what not to order when we get tapas for a uh, team lunch. Yeah, like when they come in a salad, I'm always like, who wants the olives? Pickles, I'm coming around to. I still kind of do that. But if they're on the sandwich, I'll just roll with it instead of asking them to be taken off. Awesome. Yeah. And you, uh, you really are like our, uh, at least with the San Francisco based team for a squad cast team members, you're like our, our go to of uh, finding a restaurant because uh, our first yeah. Once you found that restaurant and I think, uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. So I hope you, I hope you're okay with that. But, uh, you know, w- without you, the, the last time that we had a meetup, you were, uh, traveling from, from LA and, uh, yeah, we had a much tougher time coming up with the decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always happy to help. Even if I'm not going to be present, I will definitely give people recommendations. That's definitely something that I enjoy and, uh, definitely a fun social thing too. So big on food and, Other than that, really into music. So quarantine was really hard on me in terms of not going to concerts or festivals. But having all these artists put out some great work during a really hard time was great for my ears. But now that people are getting vaccinated and things are opening up, I'm really excited to go to some concerts. That was something I did quite frequently yeah, that's really cool. Uh, you and I are, uh, can relate on that level because uh, I love traveling for for shows. I also that's one of the things I'm really excited about living in uh, the Bay, the San Francisco Bay Area, and now actually having money because the first two years I lived out here, I was uh, not making any money at the time. Yep. So it was kind of we didn't get to enjoy it as much. I would go outside and enjoy the views and stuff, but like <laughs> you know going to shows and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that was a big bummer for me in the pandemic as well. Yeah, but what other content are you uh, a fan of? You know, you said music and and the the Tiny Desk series. Uh, what else are you listening or watching or reading? Yeah, so I'm also really into comedy. I love going to comedy shows. San Francisco had for a couple years a comedy festival called Clusterfest, which was really fun seeing just, um, you know, both comedians, actors, actresses. They'd sometimes do uh, live readings where They'd pick a movie. One year they picked Wayne's World. Another year they picked Clueless, where they just do a live table read using comedians. That's really fun. Yeah, it's a great time. I try to make it a point whenever there's like a comedy tour of some sorts to go see that. Just, I guess the theme that I'm really going for here is live entertainment, something I'm really Mm. big on. Have you seen a podcast live? Have I seen a podcast live? So I have seen a podcast troupe live but I don't think that they were recording or maybe they did and I just missed it. But there's been a couple like that. I've seen um, last podcast on the left. Also, how did this get made, which is a really fun one. How did this get made? They cover really cheesy, bad movies and they all just provide commentary on how did this even come to fruition? <laughs> That's a fun one. Uh, that one, though, you need to watch the movie ahead of time. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
So how would you describe the work you're doing at Squadcast as the marketing manager? Yeah, I really want to empower creators to have quality and accessibility because I really think that people just, when they think about podcasting, they think about, okay, well, we could record it on our phone. We could record it on Zoom. We could, it could all be so simple, right? But mm-hmm. to provide content creators with the tools to produce high quality content, it just makes your job easier because, you know, as somebody who's not a podcaster, I would say that using Zoom and using Skype, not only is there fatigue behind it, but it's just, that's not what the tool is used for. It's used to meet with people. And so when you're thinking about a podcast, which is something that you listen to, (laughs) you want it to be obviously high quality. And I think that what we do at Squadcast is not only giving the content creators those tools, but also giving them the community to meet other podcasters, which is something that really just drew me into the company is this idea about community. It's something that I worked on at my last job too. Um, And what I found is that people can buy a product, they can use it and they can feel great about it. But it's also kind of better when you have other people in that same category with you of, yeah, we're we're doing this, we're creating and it feels great and I want to share it with other people. So for me, it's really just, again, introducing people to the tools that help make content creation better. And so with that is one Squadcast as a platform, but two, the Squadcast community. Yeah. And it sounds like you have a lot of experience with indie creators, whether it's musicians or perhaps other journalists or uh, yeah. bloggers and stuff. Like, uh, do you see any, and I know you're relatively uh, still relatively new to the podcast industry. Are you noticing any uh, parallels or anything that those previous experiences are helping you kind of identify and communicate? And, you know, what's it like working with those creators versus the other ones that you've uh, been around? Definitely. Yeah. So early on in my career, I worked at a 3D printer startup and this was 2013 to 2015 and what I would consider to be like the height of 3D printing. And really what drew me into that job is one, 3D printing was very cutting edge, but two, working with those creators on giving, again, giving them the tools they need to create. I guess in this case, it'd be printed content as opposed to recording Mm. content. Still got to be quality though. Yeah, still got to be quality. Uh, The really, really exciting thing about that was actually meeting the community, meeting people who wanted to create. Uh, Aside from that, it wasn't just um, hobbyists or people who used it as like an art form. There were some people who it was necessary for their business in terms of prototyping. Other people, it was that they worked at a school and they wanted to teach children how to 3D print. Just really, again, giving people an alternative method for creation. And so... That was kind of my first, I would say, big job out of college. And prior to that, like I had been in journalism and covered topics around like politics. Like I had a internship at the Capitol where I covered all the Senate hearings. To be honest, that was really boring, but (laughs) I learned a lot and I really wanted to kind of get into this mode of talking to people around how they create content. And I guess in in that case, it was legislative hearings. But after that, I decided to do something a little bit more fun. I focused on some local news, so covering things that regular people were doing in the city. And from there, moved into covering music. So not only like actual music releases, but 
events, concerts, doing some artist interviews. That was really fun. So definitely my career started because I was really interested in seeing what people were doing. And I guess in music, there's no actual like product. I wasn't working for any sort of hardware or software company. I was working for a brand. So that one was just, you know, reaching out to our audience and showing them like new music that they could listen to. And then, yeah, when I worked at a 3D printer company, again, just seeing how people created using our hardware. And from there, it just really, it was interesting to me to just see how I could dive into that more across several industries. And so throughout my career, I just really, even though I was working in hardware or, you know, now software, it didn't really matter the type of product my really end goal as a marketer is to understand the customer and to understand how we can make our products better for those people. And a lot of what I found is that people obviously prioritize quality, but they also want to know that the work that they're doing is something that they can be proud of. But at the same time, as a brand or as a product, it's also empowering those creators to feel confident. So that's really where I come from in marketing. And that's why when I applied to Squadcast, I was really impressed by how active the community was and how people were really excited about the product that they use. Well, thank you. And I think uh, it's one of the things that made us so excited about the opportunity to have you join the team was, you know, we obviously needed some marketing help. Zach and I don't have any uh, marketing background. So we're kind of figuring it out as we go. And, you know, now thankfully we've expanded the team, so it's not all on us, but still it was missing that marketing professional like yourself. But, you know, there can be also this like negative or I don't know what the word is, but, you know, marketing can have, can, can yeah. come, come across to some people as a, as a dirty word, I guess. But like for, for with sure. you, it's like, you're, you're a marketer with a soul you care about. <laughs> I mean, like you said, community is so big. So I think that's why it made it a, a, a big fit, but like, yeah. Why, what do you think about that with that approach to marketing versus, you know, what some people might say is like a little shady or, yeah, or all that? Absolutely. I think this is something that I've heard throughout my career. And I think the reason why that is, is because there is an overlap between sales and advertising. And you kind of wonder like what is actually paid and sponsored or what is just done genuine. And yeah, the lines do get blurred. And honestly, you know, in my career path alone, I have had a handle and, you know, at smaller startups, I've managed some sales of it and the lines get blurred because it's kind of like, oh, well, you know how to market a product, so why don't you go sell it? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. Sales is not something that I'm passionate about, though, because I'm not really a good conversationalist in in terms of trying to close you on something. I more just want to listen to you, understand your problem, and see how I can help. It's really funny. I had a conversation with my cousin the other day, and she and her husband are trying to visit San Francisco. And she used to live here, and he would always come up and visit. And they love it here. Uh, They were really sad when they had to move away. And, you know, so I was figuring out with her. I'm like, okay, when are you going to when are you guys going to come up? Uh, And so they gave me some dates and they were like, but we're trying to figure out logistics wise. They live in L.A. How to get up there. Like, should we drive? Should we fly? I helped them, you know, look at their different options. I was like, look, I just drove up. This is how much it costs me. If you fly up, you can take this airline. It costs this much. But you can't bring your luggage unless you pay an extra $20. So I really walked them through the whole thing where I'm like, this is kind of the cost analysis. Now, that's not really what a marketer does, right? To some degree. But 
or maybe that's what people think marketers don't do. But, you know, (laughs) as I'm walking her through this, she goes, wow, you really are in marketing. (laughs) And I had to laugh because I understood what she said. And it's not something that I think a lot of people pick up on, which is just like there is a facet of marketing that is more problem solving. It doesn't really have to be tactical in terms of numbers, but it's more just like we we or as a company or we as a product or we as the, you know, speaking to the customer base, there is a an issue or a need that needs to be resolved. And how do we do that? And I think when people think of marketing, they think that it's just like, this is who we think we are. This is who we want you to think we are, or this is how we want you to view our product. And while there is some of that to a degree, that's not in my mind, how I get started in terms of marketing, problem solving, or, you know, with initiatives, it's not like, this is who we are and this is who we want to be. It's more just like, what perception do people have of us? What is the industry perception and how do we really fit into that? And also how can we carve our own path? And so for me with marketing, it's been really a challenge to figure out a balance between all of that because you don't want to obviously create something that's catered only to a specific audience. You have to just speak in a general form and see, you know, who's receptive to it. But something that I think with marketing that I'm just trying to kind of dispel, I guess, the rumor about (laughs) is that I, as a marketer, can't speak for everybody or, you know, the whole industry or itself, but something that I really just continually fascinated by is just, again, customer stories and seeing what people like and what people want to do. And then kind of using that as a jumping off point for how we think about ourselves internally or how we think about our product. Absolutely. And I think the the stories that you shared and the, you know, you talking about how you like to to cook for people, like it just shows that what type of marketer you are, that you, you're, you're authentic, you have a big heart and you're a problem solver. And I think that's the exactly what, uh, what we were looking for at Squadcast. We weren't necessarily, you know, as much as like, of course we want to continue to, to grow the business, but like we want to do it, it that, that aligns with our morals and our ethics and our culture. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back soon with more from Between Two Mics. Hey, Squadcasters. Thanks for tuning in to Between Two Mics. While we've got you here, we want to tell you a little bit about our YouTube channel. Since we released our video feature in January, allowing podcasters to record both their audio and video on Squadcast, we've been working hard to walk the walk ourselves. So what does that actually mean for listeners of this podcast? Well, Zach, it means that in addition to listening to this podcast, Between Two Mics enthusiasts can also watch snippets of our show. We're working with our friends Tristan and Justin at motionagency.io to bring you highly produced, colorful, and exciting video elements to further illustrate the points that we make with our guests on this show. We encourage you to check out our YouTube channel and to see how we're experimenting with video and how you might be able to experiment with video too. So just head over to youtube.com and search squadcast.fm in the search bar. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now let's get back to the show. Was there ever a time though, that like you might've chosen a different path other than a marketer or, um, in journalism? I really wanted to be a journalist, uh, when I was younger, like I really loved listening to people and sharing a story during that time. It was really about how I can just elevate that as opposed to like, oh, I'll listen to you and then I'll just say what I think or how I feel. The problem with that is that I learned really quickly (laughs) that one, this is a joke, but that people don't read. 
<laughs> and uh, that was hard for me because it's like when I say that, I mean more from like an actual actuality perspective of like it's really hard to be a full time journalist. And and I think just the state of journalism itself, too, it's like you'll see all these publications, smaller publications that are kind of like dying off and they're like, what are we mm-hmm. going to do? And then this huge journalism corp comes in and swoops them up and acquires them. And now you just kind of have like how they do in finance, like a what is it like the big five? Like you'll have yep. that for journalism. The now big four too. in accounting. Yeah, yeah. Big four. Yeah. Uh, now you have that in journalism, too. And not that I think I, I mean, again, I think it's great to save these businesses. Right. But to kind of have it all under the same umbrella, it's like, could you really have some variance in terms of ethical reporting? It's funny. I'll be reading an article and it'll be about like Amazon or something. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. And then halfway through, it'll be like in paragraphs, it'll be like the Washington post is owned by Jeff Bezos. Right. Like, oh, (laughs) all right. Well, (laughs) I'm already halfway through the article, so I'll just finish reading it, but good to know. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Things like that. And um, I kind of was glad that I tried it. I had a lot of fun with it. It's something that I could always return to, but it's just something that I didn't think would be formidable for my career in terms of where I wanted to go. Because again, with that too, there's just a lot of competition, you know, like the amount of spots that are available versus the amount of stories, like you would think it would be infinite, right? But not really, because that requires like paying your employees a fair wage, <laughs> which is something that in, in the journalism world, it's just like freelance is the new move. So I kind of had to say goodbye to that dream. And then after that, I really just felt like marketing was something that I was really adept at due to my writing background and I guess storytelling. So mm. it felt like a natural progression to move into that. And I'd always in college, I didn't study marketing. I actually studied sociology. So I think that kind of speaks to how I bounced between them both careers. But, you know, since college, I was always doing some sort of marketing internship as well as a journalism one. And, you know, what you had said earlier is like when you first moved here, Rock, like you struggled really to like enjoy things right due to the cost. That was absolutely me as well. I was always having like three jobs minimum in terms of sustaining myself, but also getting my career footing underway. So I really, at first, you know, wanted to do the journalism thing. Then I pivoted into marketing. And in terms of any other alternatives to that, I couldn't really say. I I think I'm definitely not good with numbers. So that takes out a lot of stuff. (laughs) I, I think I just really enjoyed like the social aspect around it. And what was really interesting is that early jobs gave me the swim, like the the room to swim and explore these different lanes. And I tried social media, which I'm not really good at. And you know that I'm not very like, I just, I'm not very present online. I don't really like to be, I'm, I'm more moving away from that. And so when I was trying social, I was like, uh, this is really hard because my heart's not in it. And I tried a little bit of sales not really interested in that. But, you know, working really closely with the sales team, I was more of like a support person of like, I'll give you the marketing materials, kind of the talking points. But being the face of that is not something I'm very comfortable with. Working in all these kind of different but semi-related fields just made me realize more that I liked marketing. And I liked being kind of behind the scenes more than the front of the scenes. And even though I do get that like face-to-face time at events and networking opportunities. I really just prefer to kind of be the orchestrator and let someone else be that face. I, I try to 
see what other opportunities were out there for me, but nothing really stuck like marketing did. Well, that's good. It sounds like you've got the right fit. And uh, yeah, as, as far as uh, the numbers concerned, uh, I'll help you with that. <laughs> if, you, if you could just help me how to communicate and, and, and grab people's attention and, and, and make it matter to them. Yeah. Uh, so Kim, what are you looking forward to or most excited about for the future of Squadcast? We do have some really great features rolling out, which I don't know if I could say or not, but let's keep it mysterious. That's usually our our, our MO, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, really great stuff. Again, just uh, what I had talked about earlier is uh, in terms of quality and accessibility. I really think that that's where we're just continually innovating. And I'm excited to talk about that when the time is right. Yeah. How about for you, Kim? You had mentioned earlier that, um, you know, you left journalism because it wasn't, wasn't where you wanted to go. Let's unpack that. Where do you want to go? What are you excited about for you? Yeah, I think what I'm really excited about is, again, continuing that journey, connecting with creators, understanding like how we can just like be better, be a better brand to these customers. Um, I think when I think about marketing, something that I've really learned throughout my career is how important brand loyalty is. And I think that, yes, I agree with that. But I also think that you can't just like expect people that use your product to be loyal to you through thick and thin. Um, There is some work that needs to be done on our side, which is, again, where the feedback, the reviews come in and are really helpful. But what I like to do as a marketer is really just facilitate those conversations more internally as well as externally. So giving people a place to send comments or respond to us or give feedback. It's really important just to be open to that. And so uh, where I think about like taking this is just, again, bridging that gap between the two where it's like, I don't want any Squadcast customer to feel like they never have a say in anything. I think when I came into the company, I really just saw how internally everybody is super receptive, like, you know, for context to the listeners, like they had me do a marketing assignment and I did the assignment, I presented it and I didn't present in a way where I was like, if you, if you want to do this, it was more just like, you're asking for my opinion and and help. And here's what I think. And everyone was really like, oh, wow, that's great. Cool. Like, we'll, we'll do that. And I think just the lack of tension around that, I was like really surprised just because, you know, it can be really touchy, right? Like I've, I've had marketing assignments before where I've done them and then they came, came back and been like, that wasn't the answer we were looking for. And I was like, really? Well, I couldn't tell because in the, in, in the interview, you were just kind of like nodding. So, uh, I really just like appreciate like the directness of like, you know, if there was something that you didn't like, you would, I know that you guys would say that, but I think mm-hmm. the thing I was really just surprised by was like how receptive you were to just like what I had to say. And so I'm, ex- I'm saying that right now because I'm extending that to the listeners and to our customers of just like, that's how we are as a company. And so I really just appreciated that. And, you know, I'm trying to just remember that as I come in as a new person, not only to the company, but to the industry, there's a lot for me to learn too. And I guess that's really what I've been doing work-wise is trying to facilitate making that easier for people. We have a new page up called share. So squadcast.fm slash share where our customers can submit any content that they've created. They can also submit their podcast for a shout out. We just really want to hear from you. Right. So in terms of where I'm trying to take this is, is just being more receptive to feedback, not only for me as an employee, but also for us as a brand. And it's not something that I don't think we've ever done. Right. But 
I don't want submissions to just end up in the support box and I don't want it to end up in Ariel's inbox as well. I want it to be something mm-hmm. that we can all just like have eyes on and look at. And again, having the organization behind that is really what I'm trying to push forward. Not that I don't think it was lacking, but again, I just want to make a clear channel of terms of like, I have this thing. How do I share it with the team? You know, you go to that page. So I'm really excited to continue getting that off the ground and really seeing what people have to say. Appreciate what you said about the challenge and our reaction to it, uh, to be you know honest, like in our hiring process, we found that like offering some type of challenge is a good way to analyze like, okay, on, on paper, on, on their resume or, or talking with this individual, it seems like they'd be a good fit, but mm-hmm. like, how do we actually know that they have the skills that yeah. are on the resume? So we found that a challenge has been extremely helpful for internally when we decide, uh, is it, uh, we, one of the things I've, I've said that the team has, uh, responded well to is, uh, if it's not an F yes, it's an F no. And yeah. so the, that skills challenge is how we've really identified like, who's the F yes. <laughs> and you were absolutely an F yes. And I'm censoring myself just because I don't want <laughs> yep. to put the explicit symbol on this podcast, but I was incredibly nervous about that, Kim, because as a non-marketer, and there's not a lot of good examples online for challenges, at least the challenge that we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Or at least what what information we were trying to learn about the individual. Um, so I just want to say thank you for saying that. However, uh, and I, I don't mean I hopefully don't offend you here, but that question was intended to get to know more about what you got going on, Kim. Like, are there any new oh. burger recipes you're working <laughs> Sorry. on? Are there any are there any non hikes that you got planned? You know, stuff like that. And it, I could just ask a better question next time. So that's my. <laughs> um, so what's up for me? Um, my thirtieth birthday is coming up, so that's something. I think to, to just say, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on, um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, what else? Oh, I'm going to Yosemite, you know, so over Labor Day weekend, which is really cool. I've actually never been, so I'm oh, wow. really into that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of one of my goals before my birthday was going to Yosemite. So I'm actually going to do it and I'm excited yeah, big tree, big mountain person. So can't wait to actually see it in person. I'm also just excited to be on the move. It's really fun to kind of have a balance between two. And I got to say, like, kudos to Squadcast for just being fully remote and letting us really, like, you know, have fun while also working. So it's really good. I like I love it. Um. I'm happy to hear that because I still think we're getting the the better end of the bargain here, getting the opportunity to to work and learn from you. Oh, and, uh, thank, thank you. you so much for joining me on this episode of of Squad Stories. You're you're a podcaster now, Kim. How, how's it feel? <laughs> uh, it feels great, honestly. I you know I, as a casual podcast listener, I've always wondered like what it'd be like to be interviewed, and having experienced that just now, I gotta say a little nerve wracking, but hopefully just the beginning. I think it will be. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Between Two Mics. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you learned something or we intrigued you a bit, let us know on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Squadcast FM. And if you want to show the podcast some love, you can leave us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening right now. This show is put together by us, Zach and Rock. It's mixed and produced by Vince Moreno with help from Ariel Nissenblatt. Our logo is designed by Alex Wedby. Since we're a podcast about podcasts, we want to shout out the brands and products that we trust. 
We're recording using squadcast.fm, and here's our current stack. For recording, we're using ATR2100 mics, Apple AirPods Max headphones, and Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 audio interfaces. We edit the show on Adobe Audition, and our hosting site is Simplecast. That's it for us this week. We're back next week with more from Between These Mics.